Well, hello there. It's time for time for go to bed. That's right. Beginning half, we're going to talk about our adventures in reselling. And the back half, we're going to present you with a lovely nighttime bed story. So hold tight. Anything could happen. All new Oz book tonight, The Road to Oz. Parts one and two. Yep. Jerry of the Circus, two episodes. Very nice, very nice. Oz just goes on and on, as you know. It sure does. It's a story with more car with more characters than you ever thought possible. Maybe more characters than the Justice League of America. I don't know. Maybe if we put them next to each other. They both encountered the Shaggy Man. Yeah. The Shaggy Man's coming up on the road to Oz, so... Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, Adventures in Reselling. Uh... I don't know, uh, I guess I posted a lot of links in the chat room for uh, Radio for Humans, but our um, eBay store is called Voodoo Zombie Boutique. Like Voodoo Zombie Boutique. So I've, I've posted a lot of uh, listings uh, in our from our individual shop, but sometimes people don't look at uh, links. So... Yeah. But uh That's why we talk about it. That's where all the fun happens. And um usually we have uh well now we have masks. We have uh masks from Scream. They're available for sale. It's true. Um, and nobody's buying yeah. them. And well, I bought too many. I think I made a mistake. Yeah. You did buy quite a few, but they're quite cute and uh in Scream 3, they literally just put them on lanterns and poles in the front yard and decorate. We've seen some good decorations for Halloween this week. Yes. Some enjoyable decorations. One of those being the two-story skeletons that seem to be out and about. Uh, those are pretty great. Apparently they're in demand, but they're pretty cool. Yeah. Because they're just... um. You know, shocking, like all those crazy lawn ornaments, all the best crazy lawn ornaments are kind of tacky and shocking. The skeletons and are always shocking. good. Go ahead. What? I just said skeletons are always good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear you because I was talking. Um, but yeah, when you see a two-story skeleton, I don't know how many feet they are, like... They're definitely taller than a person and a half. Maybe mm -hmm. two people. Maybe they're 20-foot skeletons. They're not 20 feet. They're about 10 feet. 10 feet? Okay. Yeah. They're pretty. They're bigger than a person, though. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They're Maybe like... they're 15. No, I think they're 10 feet. I'm okay. I'm a good judge of proportion. Yeah, you're better at that than me. I just really, when I see them in the front yard, it's just shocking every time. It's really cute. 
So. I just want one peering over our back fence and stare at the asshole neighbor's house. That would be adorable. Um, but, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, we, uh, I, I, I will say this. Be careful. Uh, just some advice. Susan brought, brought up the masks. Um, you gotta know, I, I, I screwed up. I could have had a sale on one, but the, um, the guy was from Brazil and I said free shipping with the international program. And apparently the free shipping with the international program works with media mail just fine. And I don't have to pay anything additional. The seller pays additional, but I my only shipping option to send this mask was $25, which was a dollar and a half more than the sale. So I had to cancel the order and relist the items, reduce the price on them to like $18.99, buyer pays shipping. So, you know, so I kind of blew it with a sale because, you know, he probably would have paid the shipping, but I I messed it up. So, you know... There are yeah. missteps and corrections that have to be made every once in a while with eBay. But this makes me not want to branch out uh, even less into anything else other than media because media is so easy to deal with. It is, and it's less expensive to ship, which is nice. Well, it's uh, it's almost like the post office values uh, you know, media, you know, and information. Yeah. The free flow of information. Yeah. So, um, some surprise sales recently were uh, the uh, we have like three or four copies of this BBC factory sealed VHS tape that Susan listed called "Chased by Sea Monsters" on VHS from yeah. two thousand three. <laughs> factory sealed. It's like a dinosaur documentary. Um, and, uh, $26.99, we sold one of those for, so, uh, I think we just listed another one, didn't we? Or, or do we have to still do that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't know where it is, where oh, the, the bin right copies are. Me. It's in the bin right beside me. Oh, so yeah, we'll put a new one up as soon as, um, we get them up. Because mm. that was a surprise, and that's nice. Because it was very strange to have so many copies as we did. <laughs> but uh, well, chased by sea monsters. That goofball estate sale we went to, that guy would buy multiples of everything. So, um, Yeah. One thing that's going well for us is the uh, consistent sales from a $50 acquisition we made. We've sold a lot of the horror out of that. and. Mm -hmm. We just sold... Actually, no, this was out of a $20 acquisition. Yeah, this is the one we, we drove all the way out and we were in that little McMansion place and we couldn't figure out where the house was. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a copy of Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Um, oh. First release, we sold that for 35 bucks. Yeah. So that was sold almost immediately. Well, you know, within a week of that. Um... And, uh, and yeah, we sold a nice copy of, uh, Claude Rains and the Invisible Man. Yep. Yep. 
that wasn't a lot. That was only like $9.19, but it was in a lot of things that's already paid for itself. I believe. But I call that, and, and other sellers <coughs> of different things call it too, a bread and butter. Yeah. You know, it's just like you make a decent profit, it's it's okay. Mm hmm. Yeah. Why not? Phantom of the Opera, uh, the 1943 version. We sold that recently for uh, uh, only $7.50, but that was like a 25 or 50 cent tape or something like that. So, you know, loads of profit off of that. Um, <laughs> and we'll get to our recent sales at the bottom of the hour, but we did, uh, you know, we did well. We had an unsealed Blu-ray copy of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas uh, that just sold. Off uh, it goes. That's got, great. We're sitting on a copy of Army of Darkness. The guy gets paid tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and that guy's annoying. Uh, species. <laughs> Species we sold on Blu-ray that was yeah uh, that was not brand new I think that was used um but yeah so so lots of fun it was ten ten fifteen that's reasonable yeah and you know, Pulp Fiction nine nineteen on Blu-ray so uh, and then you know so we're getting into last week we've had a little bit of a slow week but things generally pick up. Today and uh, tonight and tomorrow and Saturday. That's when that's no, when people are spending. Species money. Species was a factory sealed, factory sealed Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so those are some of the things, and we've done some crazy listings recently too. Mm -hmm. We're gonna see if they. Uh, I, I, this this was harrowing, but I did it. I did write-ups for uh, for every all ten of them. Volumes 1 through 10 of the Danielle Steele movie series on VHS. Factory sealed with a sticker indicating the volume and a free bookmark inside. <laughs> and, yeah, so I uh, I went ahead and... Uh, I mean, there, some of them are uh, just downright goofy. Uh, <laughs> some of them I thought were going to be creepier than others but they weren't but we've got um danielle Steele's heartbeat from 1993 with starring yeah. john ritter uh danielle Steele's jewels with annette o'toole that's volume two mm -hmm. this was the big surprise danielle Steele's secrets uh secrets. christopher Plummer was in that uh, he did some stinkers though. Christopher Plummer was a great actor, but he did some garbage. Um. Uh, then, uh, then volume four is called "Changes" with Cheryl Ladd. This is the one that that I almost kind of want to watch. Danielle Steele's daddy. <laughs> yeah. With Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. With the Man from Atlantis and Wonder Woman, Linda Carter and Patrick Duffy. Um, yeah, which is wild. Uh, Can't then, imagine. Yeah, then there's one called Fine Things, starring Cloris Leachman, which I kind of want to see, too, because it's Cloris Leachman, of course. <laughs> volume 7, Palomino with Eva Marie Saint. Sure. Uh, volume 8 with uh, uh, is called Star with Jenny Garth. 
We're getting, mm-hmm. we're getting, we're, we're getting, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here for celebrities. <laughs> um, and then Danielle steals kaleidoscope, uh, with Jacqueline, mm-hmm. with uh, Jacqueline Smith and Perry King. That's, that's the scarecrow and Mrs. King, isn't it? Yeah. Weren't they in that, yeah. that TV show together? I, so, I do believe so. Yeah. And the, these are all sealed and new. Were Jacqueline Smith and Perry King a couple? I don't think so. so and then Danielle but steals. I wasn't and, following. Uh, Dan- I never follow romances like that. Mm-hmm, I don't either. Danielle steals message from Nam, starring Rue McClanahan, Blanche Dubois herself, from the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And we also Rue. her name was Rue. Yeah, Rue McClanahan. Um, Rue. and uh, you know what's funny is we have a movie called Blade. About a guy that's, mm-hmm. it's not the, the it's like, old, it's an old movie called Blade. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, Wesley Snipes' Marvel Comics character. Cool. But we have this old movie called Blade that has Rue McClanahan in it. And it's about a cop that's chasing, like, a serial killer or something like that. It's got really uh-huh. great cartoony cover art. Um, but uh, that one is quite rare. So, uh, but that's been sitting in our store for a while. I don't think we sold it. Um but yeah, so um, I, I I don't know if somebody will buy these. I priced them kind of reasonably, like twenty five bucks a piece. They are factory sealed after all. But I I, I just wonder if um, somebody out there, you know, they, they you know somebody's grandma or something, they have these, but they're missing one or two or something, you know. Yeah, because I didn't yes, want to sell them. They need to a, fill their collection in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, somebody that their video collection is like a total of like twenty tapes. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they all fit on 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 the 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 stand that the VCR fits on. Um, That's right, and we can double your tape tape. Uh, you know, if you buy buy all these Danielle Steele, we'll double your tape collection. Well, there you go. Um, but <laughs> no, the movie Blade, uh, from 1977 stars Rue McClanahan and John Cipher. There's about a serial killer. And, uh-huh. um, oh, it's saying add recommended specifics. What would those be? Oh. <laughs> Wants you to write a review. Ah, oh, come on. We already did that. I'm going to just put Blade 1977. It doesn't like that title. Hmm. No, wow. No results found. Add custom value. There we go. Done. Save. So, um, yeah. So you know, and that's the thing too. When you when you do these listings and you do so many of them, there's things that you. You your writing style changes. Your eye for detail changes. Um, you know, and it's always good to, to, you know, go back and look at old listings and see, uh, if you, if you've missed something that could help boost the sales, because there is a lot, a lot of details you, there are, I'm sorry, there are a lot of details you can fill in when, you know, with the studio, with, um, uh, you know, the director, the rating, the region code, stuff like that, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot to, um, 
you know, uh, to, to get your head around at first. But after you've done about, oh, I don't know, five or 600 listings, you're, it's, you kind of go into autopilot. They want to know what language it's in and what the director is and who did the music. And sometimes that's all in the back, you know? Whether yeah, it's and if, it's, if it's new on Blu-ray or DVD, there's a greater chance of all that being auto-filled when, you know... I mean, because if it's a Blu-ray of, like, you know, Star Wars, it's going to say John Williams, George Lucas, you know, Harrison Ford. It's going gonna, it's gonna to know all that. So... But, you know, even older VHS tapes that are more popular do that, too. But sometimes you you hit, um, we've run into this a lot, where these cheapy DVD companies that used to release movies, they would use the same barcode on everything. Mm, Yeah, yeah. So you scan the barcode and up comes, you know, hey, it's little Lulu's cartoons, some kind of weird hammer horror thing, some kind of bad TV movie with Charles Bronson or something, you know, I mean, it, it, there's just, you know, all kinds of dumb things, you know, will pop up and, um, uh, you know, and then there's the, the other case where if it's factory sealed, sometimes stores will cover up the barcode with a sticker barcode that's like for their own. We've had to be real careful about that because we learned about that after we were, doing this for a while mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of silly for the store to recover things but well kind of makes sense. yeah yeah the the you mean like the the resealing thing yeah yeah that's that's a slightly different thing but yeah that something what i'm saying is there's a factory sealed item but they put a sticker with a different barcode over top of the existing oh, oh, yeah, barcode. yeah 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 so it just kind of shows what department it was from in the store, and they don't necessarily care what movie it was that sold, you know? They're just yeah. like, oh, we sold a movie, great. Um, because they probably get that stuff sent in by the pallet load, you know? And yeah, totally. you know how you'd go to Best Buy and stuff, and they just have a big dump bin of movies for you to root through? Yep. Well, that's where a lot of that stuff came from. And they're like, you know, they don't care. I mean, if there's 20 copies of Total Recall in there and 30 copies of, you know, uh, Transformers, they don't care to differentiate between them. They're just like, we need to sell these, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, we're kind of running into a lot of these double features and triple features and finding out that they were a dollar at Big Lots 10, 15 years ago, but... Now they're selling for 10, 15 bucks because there's two movies and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So why not sit home and watch the movies? So. Well, and this is what I was talking about last week or the week before. I think these those double feature dollar store DVDs, they don't really make them anymore because like East West DVD no. was the company that made a lot of these. And I think they're long gone. Um, I'd have to, to research. But the thing is, these were when, when DVDs... Uh, when people first started pumping out DVDs, they were, you know, they're like, let's, we need to get all this stuff that we were selling on VHS. We need to get new movies out. We need to get this out. We need to get that out. And then every once in a while, some kind of special collector set would come out, you know, like uh, I think the BBC or somebody put out or no, A&E, I think put out like the space 1999 series and stuff like that. And, 
you know, so there was some scarce kind of stuff that was being put out. But then there was a lot of stuff that, you know, nobody nobody cared about. They didn't care about the Hammer Horror movies. They didn't, you know... Um, you know, they, they didn't care about all these B horror movies and, and, you know, then there was the public domain ones like Carnival of Souls and Night of the Living Dead. And so these companies, they would just say, okay, we want to license a bunch of your movies and, you know, give us a deal. And then they were just like, okay, we can fit two movies on this cheap ass DVD. Let's just do that. Let's find two movies that sound good together. Or, you know, they didn't even really care. Or it fit the time. Yeah. It fit in with time schedule, yeah. Yeah, you know, running time, whatever. Um, But so these oddball pairings, I think, are becoming more popular because a lot of these movies, now, to to buy the movies individually, it's, you know, they're, they're they're cranking out, like, really expensive versions of them in collections, you know, box sets and stuff like that. You know, you can find like Hammer Horror collections, like four or six movies on one or two DVDs and stuff like that. But, you know, again, some of these oddball pairings, I think, are really attractive to, to horror collectors. And we just got it. Uh, we finally picked up an acquisition that mom got uh, mom picked up for us in Youngstown. And it has tons of these movies in it, except they're all crazy kung fu movies. All these double mm-hmm. features. And that there's my weak point is I don't know much about Kung Fu movies, but I'm about to learn. (laughs) So got to be out there. I mean, because there are so many Kung Fu DVDs in this collection. It is absolutely, absolutely ludicrous. It was a $20 acquisition and it's hundreds of DVDs and maybe about 40 VHS, something like that. I was uh, attracted to the Godzilla immediately. Yeah. So and I yeah, the, we'll make our money back just off the Godzilla DVDs because the, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the Americanized version, Godzilla King of the Monsters with Raymond Burr um, and uh, Barry Mason um, himself. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, a, a pretty consistent seller for like, you know, 10 to 12 bucks or something like that. So, yeah. and then I forget what the other one is. Um, Gamera. There's a Gamera one in there. I think so. Yeah. So, I think so. From the, I, what I read. On there's the like back, two I of think. them. I can't seem to find the other one. There, there's three, three of them total, but yeah, I, I mixed the other one up with other stuff and I couldn't find it. So, Ooh. um, so yeah, so I've got a lot of research to do on that, but there there's some other stuff in there. There was there wasn't a big box VHS for a Charles Bronson movie, you know, so that means it's like super early 80s, but it's Charles Bronson and nobody really cares about Charles Bronson. Hmm. I mean, uh I mean, seriously, what was the last movie Charles Bronson made? I mean, that had to have been a couple decades ago. Uh at least, you know. Did he? I don't even know when he died. Uh, I'm looking it up. Charles Bronson net worth. Yeah, I want to look up his net worth. That's crass. Yeah, he was only active until 1999. He died in 2003. So yeah, so his last movie was um. Uh, hang on. Let's see. Let's see oh. what his filmography. Was. I'm not sure. 
Well, you're not the biggest Bronson uh, fan, no. Bronson fan. Uh, he was in Family of Cops. <laughs> he was in Family of Cops, Family of Cops 2, and Family of Cops 3. Made for television crime dramas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... and But Death Wish 5, The Face of Death, he did in 1994. So there were five Death Wish movies. And, uh, yeah... So, but we have a preface of a death wish movie. They find something that gives them wishes or what? Um, of death wish. Yeah. What's the premise? I've never watched it. It's like a cop. They're like cop thriller movies. They're like, you must have a death wish. Oh, okay. You know, you know that phrase, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You must have a death wish. So, so, um, but yeah so yeah charles bronson look you're learning all the things you never wanted to know about charles bronson and more tonight um but um but yeah so anyway we've been you know have been selling some interesting stuff uh the i'm excited because i do have the the audio to play for everybody of what we just sold so i think uh, i think we can probably get to that so we can open up the conversation about that because there's two that are definitely uh halloween related for our sales and um uh let me see i'm opening up the wrong thing so uh what we sold what we sold for 10 14 2021 these are the last items shipped out of the house today so here you go um uh you ready Suze? well yeah totally All right, here we go. I am Dracula. A moment ago, I stumbled upon a most amazing phenomenon. Something so incredible, I mistrust my own judgment. Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. Rats. 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 Thousands. Millions of them. But no, this is no dream. This is Dracula, the original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. Dracula? Oh, what, what's he done to you today? Tell me. He came to me. He opened a vein in his arm and he made me drink. Across the sea of stars lies another world, a world almost exactly like ours. This is where he lives. He's 27 years old, single but searching. 
Favorite sports, windsurfing and Aikido. Favorite pastimes, cigars and sex. He has everything except fulfillment. And then one night, it happens. Hey, good buddy, are you home? He has a very sudden midlife crisis. He lands in Cleveland. You do know why you were sent to me? Listen to me, small visitor. I can explain how you got here. Maybe you're here for some greater purpose, some cosmic cause. Here, he's forced to reassess his career goals. You went to med school? To explore new relationships. <laughs> to redefine his self-image. I'm sorry, we don't allow pets on the premises. To adjust to a changing lifestyle. Oh, I pull it out! Until he discovers just who he really is. Oh, a duck in big trouble. That's a duck, man! Howard the Duck. Trapped in a world he never made. Coming from George Lucas, a Willard Hike film, a Gloria Katz production. They're dead. Dracula and Howard the Duck. And Howard the Duck has a girlfriend, and that girlfriend is a human woman. It's Leah Thompson, the mom it's from Leah Back to Thompson. the Mom from Back to the Future. And I don't know if I approve of this interspecies. You know, well, really. she kind of had inappropriate feelings for her son and an animal in movies, so I think we should intervene with her some point leah thompson yeah. yeah so yeah so um 
but uh, yeah, it was in in George Lucas. What's wrong with you? Uh, so did but, he do Howard the Duck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so, uh, yeah, that, that's stinker. But no, we sold a factory-sealed copy of the original 1931 Dracula. Uh, for, it was a more recent release of that when Universal did all the late 90s releases um, of all, all the classic, you know, with the, the close-ups of the faces on them, not the movie posters. I always find the movie poster boxes much more appealing than the, the you know... The weirdo ones uh, that, you know, they're just like, okay, just do a close-up of his face, you know. Um, but that was VHS. Howard the Duck was a factory-sealed DVD. And then this uh, uh, Dracula and his Vampire Brides. Uh, that is better known by the name of uh, the Satanic Rites of Dracula. But I always list these as uh, how they're titled. And, and then in the description... I will put, uh, it, it was, yeah, uh, tor- there was a double feature between Torture Chamber from 1967 and Dracula and His Brides from 1973. Now, the trailer I found was Dracula and His Vampire Brides. I wanted to try and get as close to the title as I could. But um, the Satanic Rites of Dracula, That I, I think that a lot of these companies probably had people on the payroll who were like, um, maybe we shouldn't be... Uh, you know, uh, uh, using satanic, in, satanic in this in this title, you know, uh, you know, maybe they were yeah. superstitious or super religious or something. Um, but yeah, so in the movie Torture Chamber is also AKA the Blood Demon, AKA the Torture Chamber of Doctor Sadism, and uh, AKA the Snake Pit in the Pendulum, based on the Pit in the Pendulum by Edgar Allan Poe. And yeah, Dracula's brides is, is is the satanic rites of Dracula, um, and uh, but yeah, so so those are you know so obviously we have a lot of Dracula stuff in our store. Um, we have a lot of Draculas. Yeah, we got. I, I would like more Frankenstein. It did just get a little bit more Frankenstein stuff, um, but I really like having Dracula stuff in the store because I, I uh, you know Dracula is one of my favorite characters. And there's been so many great movies made, uh, you know, with, and, you know, and not just that, I mean, I've got a lot of Bella Lugosi as well. I'd like to have more Lugosi. Um, I do have three, uh, two or three other versions of, um, uh, of Dracula on VHS. I have, uh... Yeah, another one that's more uh, that has kind of a more modern. Well, I don't know what when that movie poster was made, but it's it's a movie poster with like the close up of his face. They make posters out of it to hang on your wall. I've seen a lot of them. And then I have a an MCA early nineteen eighties version of Dracula, and it's got like a crazy seventies looking font on it. It's like, how did you pick that for Dracula? You know, it's not drippy or anything. You know, it's not bold. It's it's kind of rounded and soft, but. So it's a cool, uh, cool uh, thing. But yeah, we've got the Ghost of Frankenstein. Um, there's another. Um, there's a compilation of four different movies. One has Bela Lugosi. I think it might be the Black Cat. I'm not sure, but we also have the Black Cat on VHS. The Corpse Vanishes. The Death Kiss. Um, 
and uh, let me see, yeah, Return, Return of the Vampire, which is kind of the unofficial sequel to Dracula. He's not called Dracula in there, but it it, it oh, yeah. definitely kind of follows the storyline. And some film historian actually sure. uh, said that you know this does technically serve as a sequel to Dracula because. Bella Lugosi only played the character of Dracula twice, and we just watched them both: the original Dracula and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have uh, the Whispering Shadow from Lugosi. That is a um, a serial uh, from back in the day. It's a two tape set, and um, yeah, and that's that's about it uh, for Lugosi. Uh, but you know, it would be nice to have more. Uh, I, I I probably will at some point have a copy of Plan Nine from Outer Space uh, to list. I gotta see how many copies of it I own <laughs> because I have a few. Yeah, and and I think yeah, I think most of the vampire um, listings are up. But this week mm-hmm. has been a fun week as far as uh, uh, movies on TV. Now. It's kind of crazy because a lot of these movies are cut for time uh, on TV and things like that. Oh, and the but, violence is cut out too. Oh yeah, and but the the Friday the thirteenth, since yesterday was Wednesday the thirteenth, they kind of had a, I think it was AMC. They had a special little um, sci-fi. You know. Yeah. Oh, it's sci-fi. That's right. It is sci-fi. They were playing a lot of Friday the 13th movies, so even though they were cut up and stuff, it was interesting to watch. You know? Well, they totally cut out Kevin Bacon's death scene in the first one that we watched last night. I was like, here it comes, here it comes. I'm like, no, no, you took it out. That was like a a, a special effects achievement. Um, But, yeah, so... uh, um, yeah, I'm looking to see, just out of curiosity, just to finish up my thoughts on Dracula. Yeah, we have 12 different items that have Dracula in the title or uh, references to Dracula. So, mm-hmm. a lot of Christopher Lee. Uh, and then some other, like the Frank Lagella one we have, which I yeah. really want to watch um, because I have not seen that. Um, and, uh, uh-oh, Foxfire says, kiddo ate the candle. What? Oh. Um, oh, kiddo. I'm looking forward to it. I wonder if it's a birthday candle or if it's a candle just for for the holiday season. It was inside a pumpkin, maybe? I don't know. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so um, we... Uh, yeah, we, we something we really enjoyed that was the uh, because we never really watched them was the child's play and Chucky movies. Yeah, and yeah. we kind of watched most of the the marathon of that, and it led into um, it led into the new Chucky series, which is quite entertaining and kind of addresses bullying a lot too and is pretty representative of the LGBTQ community as well. So um yeah. so it's kind of kind of nice although it's awful too cuz Chucky's awful. Um and Chucky uh, is awful. 
But this time, I mean, and you're, you're talking about the the new show, right? Yeah, the TV series. Yeah, and we just watched the first episode, but um, it seems like he's instead of just randomly killing people in awful ways, he seems a little less aggressive. That he seems to be developing a friendship with a teenage boy that needs to be helped. Yeah, guarded. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what's interesting uh, about the television series, and this is almost kind of unheard of, um, but a lot of cast members from the movies, beginning with the very first film, have joined the cast. the 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 kid who was in the first Child's Play, who was like just a little kid, he's like a forty year old guy now, and he's like trying to protect the world from Chucky. Yeah, you know. Because everybody thought he was crazy because he was, you know, it says like six year old says Chucky did it or whatever, eight year old, or whatever. Yeah. So that character is back. I, I'm not sure of the names. And then there, uh, Brad Dorif's daughter plays a character in a couple different movies. And, um, and she's back. Jennifer Tilly's back. Uh, and Jennifer Tilly has been in several of the Chucky movies. Um, Brad Dorf himself is doing the voice, uh, voice of Chucky. And there's a few mm-hmm. other random characters who are going to be showing up. Now we just watched, and I think our, the favorite one of them, and I wish they would do more with it was the seed of Chucky was kind of wildly hilarious because it was like about Chucky and his brides, uh, Jennifer, the Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly characters. Yeah. Child. And, <laughs> And he was like this evil looking doll, but he didn't want to be a killer. And it was like, it was so funny. It was Gentle really funny. Gentle, he was a ventriloquist in the circus. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, they are leaning into that little aspect a, a bit in um, uh, in the Chucky series, the ventriloquism thing. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, so anyway, that's what we've been watching, you know, just because it's it's getting close to Halloween and horror movies aren't Susan's favorite thing, but uh, I, I I love them and I'm just I just want to watch things I never watched before and see if they amuse me. So yeah, it's kind of exciting, especially the Chucky because it is so over the top. It doesn't scare me or disgust me, you know. Yeah, doll graphic doll violence. Yeah. So, I like uh, they, you know, they killed the lovers in the at Niagara Falls. I don't know if it was Niagara Falls or anyway, there was a hotel and there were some lovers that were in a waterbed, but the mirror above their heads came down and smashed the waterbed in a very unrealistic way, but it was funny. Yeah. So, and then that's how Chucky got the engagement ring. Yeah. <laughs> Handed her the whole finger with the ring on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so, so we've been watching that. We watched a lot of the, the Halloween ones. That's what A&E is like doing nonstop Halloween. And I'm, that made me really happy because I got to see a few that I, I had never seen and you know we have like every Halloween movie for sale now, so um, you know different conditions, but hey, yeah, and you know none on DVD. We haven't found any DVDs or Blu-rays, but one of these <laughs> days 
but yeah, the VHS, you know, the, I'm surprised we haven't sold more, but I think, I think people are going to start to panic buy when they realize that Halloween's two weeks away. At least I'm hoping they do. And I'm hoping they buy from us, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, this weekend things should pick up. Some jerk did actually put, um, he, he committed to buy Halloween, uh, Halloween four, four. Halloween four. And it has been sitting on my, in a box ready to be shipped out. It's been sitting on my desk ready to be shipped out. Um, and it was, uh, it, I just canceled the order the other day because he didn't pay us for like over a, like a week. So that that's irritating and and pretty rotten of the guy to do that because he basically took that listing away from me for a week, where sure. other serious buyers could have could have you know looked at it. So you know it's kind of kind of a jerky thing to do. Yeah, and he never responded. So no. Nope. And then we have the shame. then we have the guy who responds too much. <laughs> um, yep. I mean, he spent sixty dollars with us. He he bought a couple good horror films. Wish he would have bought them together. Could have made a little more money. But then he's like, "Do you have this? Do you have Evil Dead? Do you have this? You know?" And I'm like, "Only thing I have Evil Dead related is Army of Darkness on VHS, and there's two copies." And he's like, "I want to see the first one. I want to see pictures of the first one. We put pictures on all the auctions." And I'm like, you know, you should have enough pictures here. Yeah, we sent him the link. We sent him the link. I want to see pictures of all sides. And it's like, I guess we missed one side or something. I don't know. Whatever. We sent brand new pictures to him, right? And then he's like, what's the lowest you can do? And I'm like, I have the low bid set at $11.99 or $11.50. Can you do $11? And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do $11. <laughs> I'll go back and I'll revise <laughs> the listing to so you can lowball me on this one tape. So... And then he, we were talking about, oh, but before he bought that, he wanted the Wishmaster tape, because uh, we have Wishmaster on VHS. I went out to the garage, and I looked at it. We missed it in our say, uh, in our quality uh, checks. It had some mold in it. So I took the listing down, and I said, I can't sell it. It has mold in it, but I'll give it to you for free with your next listing. So he desperately wanted to find it with your next order. So he desperately wanted to find something cheap so he could get the free tape with it. And uh, so he lowballed me on Army of Darkness. This morning, well, and then he's like, I'm, I still get that free tape, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all sit, setting aside for you, waiting for you to pay us on payday. Yeah, and so he also had to wait till payday tomorrow to pay. Yeah. And so- made his purchase like on Tuesday or something. It's like. Come on, guys! If you don't have eleven bucks till Friday, oh shoot! Yeah, it's kind of rough, but um, but hey, everybody's you know got their own thing going on, you know. Yeah. So then he emails us this morning and says, "Good morning. Can I see pictures of the Wishmaster tape?" And I'm like, "No." I'm giving it to you for free. I just said, I just said, I could have done it, but I'm not going to because this, we've gone, we basically for customer service on this $11 order, I've kind of, you know, gone above and beyond already. We, you've responded to at least 10 or 12 messages. Yeah. Yeah. For a ten dollar sale, come on. Well, and this is and so shipping, so that makes it like a seven dollar profit maybe 
So I'm Minus like, you know, that's so, so I have that in the Army of Darkness tape sitting in a box, ready to go, hoping that once he gets paid, he's going to want, want to buy some other stuff. Because he has bought things like back-to-back, and if I could have shipped them at once, it would have saved me like three bucks on shipping, and that would have been more profit for me. But he, yeah. wanted to, he wanted pictures of the free tape. And I said, no, sorry, it's packaged up waiting for you to pay you know for for the army of darkness and you know and your free tape so just calm tf down um yeah i'm not sending any pictures of your free tape it's free (laughs) it is free (laughs) you will have it in your hands in in a few days you live in new york i'm in ohio it's not that far away so but, but yeah. this is the this is the horror that is customer service. I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's I I feel like we're having a good time playing shop and stuff, but it's real too, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like I like doing the customer service stuff. I like dealing with people's questions or yeah. looking for movies to see if they'd be interested in. This guy apparently doesn't know how to search our store cuz I'm like do a yep. search I'm like do a search for horror VHS in our store and i don't think he ever did <laughs> yeah because he's like do you have this do you have this do you have this and i'm like yes yeah, and i there. i pointed out maybe and i don't know for sure i don't know maybe he has such an old phone that he's not able to do a search maybe because a lot of our customers seem to not be able to do a search on their phone for what they want you know so we send them the links and I don't even know if they can open the links, you know? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, so that's, you know, I, I don't mean to grouse too much about him. I mean, he spent 60 bucks with us already. So, um, uh, you know, he bought a couple pretty high-end tapes. Uh, I forget what he bought. Did he buy, he bought, oh, he's the one who bought the one Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. And Phantasm. Yeah, those were both like $30, $35 tapes. So, uh, and Phantasm is one of your favorites, so. Yeah, I really, that, that you know, when, when one like that goes, I'm like, I got to get another one in. Phantasm's a movie I want to keep in stock. I do own it on DVD somewhere, which is a really great DVD copy, but it's probably not worth anything. Um, no. Probably, you know, better off just holding on to it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, if you search, uh, let me see, uh, if you just type VHS horror in our store, uh, you get, uh, 154 (laughs) listings. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, Fright Night, all the Halloween movies, Scream movies, Carrie, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining, uh, The Hitcher. Goosebumps, Gersberms. Um And sure it would be like great to have all of those horror titles mint in plastic in great shape. But sometimes you just you gotta take the lesser quality and make a price to match and say, Hey We're we, we enjoy having this in the store, so but you can have it for this price, you know. Yeah. But, I do like to have all those horror titles in there, you know. Yeah, well, we have a just nightmare makes on... me feel a lot 
authentic. What? Well, we have a Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I did not know that. But yeah, we just got oh, Halloween yeah. 3, Season of the Witch, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, I was so excited because that was the only Halloween movie I, I don't think we had. Minus, I'm not counting the newer ones, like the Rob Zombie ones or anything like that. Um, but, you know. We've, but we've yeah. got some, you know, we've got the thing from at, the thing from another world, it terror from beyond space, the fly, the original one, uh, with mm-hmm. Vincent Price, um, you know, uh, all kinds of great stuff, and then more modern stuff like Sleepy Hollow and the Cell, um, uh, and uh, did we sell? I thought we sold Magic. No, we didn't sell Magic. Magic. We- yeah, magic with Anthony Hopkins with the ventriloquist dummy. Oh, I don't think we sold it. I, I think, think it's so- out there. I think somebody tried to lowball us on it, and I said no. Practical magic we've sold several times, and I consider that bread and butter. But I think yeah. we put another copy out of it. Mm-hmm. The wacky one. Yeah. So. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Lost Boys, there's, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, there's the craft, the former rental copy. The craft yeah. does pretty well too. That keeps selling out. <laughs> yeah. Those sexy witches. Oh, sexy witches. And we we did watch on TV. We did watch. Um, we started off and and kept watching um, American Horror Story. Uh, Red Blood, Red Tide. Double feature. I forget what the first one's called. Yeah, uh, red tide maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's red tide, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I, you know, I would recommend that to people if they wanted to watch that because American Horror Story is a sink or swim kind of thing. I loved Coven. I loved the first one, although I didn't like the way they wrote the end of it. But um, Coven was great, and I, I like this one. This red tide or whatever. Yeah, it's a well, good story. I can't wait for the second half, the 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 double feature part where yeah. there's a black and white alien one, and I know I've predicted quite a few things right in mm-hmm. this uh, series, and I was happy about that because I thought it was smart. It's like when I predict when it when I predict something and it happens and I want it to happen. That's always a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. When it, when I predict it because I just know what's going to happen, that's bad, yeah. you know. But this, I I mean, you know, and it's it's not like I predicted it perfectly, but you know, uh, there were some things in in this that I predicted, and it's it's paying off very well. It's a very well written story uh, with American Horror Story, mm-hmm. and Frances Conroy is amazing. So she always is, yeah. yeah so. Uh, and uh, Macaulay Culkin's in it too, and he's really good in it. Yeah, which was a surprise. That was a shocker, but you know, I I think it's a good thing for him to do. Sarah Paulson, unrecognizable in this one. Yeah, Sarah so. Paulson is always in it. Every every new what is it rendition? Uh, new cast evolution well. of American Horror Story. It changes a little bit. Changes yeah. quite a bit every season oh but yeah sarah paulson just fascinating character this is probably the most successful like ensemble show with like you know 
changing stories like this with with a lot of the same players uh, that's ever been made. I, yeah. There haven't been a lot of shows like this made. There's one I cannot remember the name of. David Lynch, everything. <laughs> yeah, well, not yeah, just movies. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, it, it drives me crazy because there was a show that was done like this that was in the um, it, it made in the late '80s, early '90s, something like that, and it had an ensemble cast. And every week they played different characters. And yeah. I am trying to figure out what that sh- the name of the show was. It's driving me crazy. I don't remember what it is. I do searches for it, like for 80s ensemble cast, changing casts, TV series. I can't remember what it what it's called for the life of me, but I would love to see it again because I really enjoyed it, but I have no idea what the name is. You know? Um. And it was it was really neat. I, that might be something Livin might know because, you know, um He's kind of a uh, an aficionado and worked in you know cable TV for so long, so he might remember oh, yeah? a show in syndication like that because it was a syndicated show. It was on late <laughs> night. It had, I think, it was usually a thriller or something like that, but it had the same cast members playing different actors every week, and I yeah. don't remember what it is. And it was like so it was kind of like a precursor to what they're doing on American Horror Story. Um, yeah, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, a I, lot for, of directors use the same actors over and over again. Oh, sure. Just look at yeah. Tim Burton, you know. Yeah, Tim Burton. You know, he's got his, you know, Johnny Depp. Terry Gilliam. Helena Bonham, Car- Hel- Helena Bonham Carter, Terry Gilliam, yeah. So, um, yeah. but uh, anyway, um, anyway, yeah, we should get going to the break uh, so we can get into okay. some story time. So, but anyway, yeah, so, uh, good talk. We're, uh, hope everybody, uh, found a little amusement out of that. Living, so yeah, living, if you're, if you're thinking about that, if, if you can rack your brain, see if you remember what that is, because it's driving me crazy, and I've been trying to figure out what it is for, like, the last two years, but I knew it exists, I know it existed, and, uh, like I said, ensemble cast, different characters every week. And I think it was a thriller, usually a thriller, but I don't oh. know. So anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, listen to some, uh, vintage commercials. And when we come back, we'll get into story time. All right. When you're looking for a treat to freshen taste and keep breath sweet, get double smoothness, flavor too. Get the gum that's double good to chew. Double your pleasure, double your fun With double the double the double mint gum This is Sandy Becker saying Keep cooking with Crisco It's all vegetable It's digestible Once upon a time there was an engineer Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear He had an engine and he sure had fun He used good and plenty candy to make his train run Finest ingredients aged for flavor. That's Lucky Lager. 
flavor that's entertaining, enthusiastic, a very exciting beer. Lucky beer, premium beer, lucky premium beer. Keep the refrigerator stocked with Kraft's famous cheese food, Velveeta, to spread or slice for swell toasted sandwiches. Velveeta is a natural for late evening snacks, you know, because it's digestible as milk itself. And these days, you really ought to be buying rich golden Velveeta in the two-pound size, so you'll have plenty for snacks and also to melt for economical meatless main dishes. Remember, smooth-melting Velveeta helps supply the protein you expect from a main dish, but the price is low. Tomorrow, get Kraft's famous Velveeta. <laughs> This program is brought to you by the makers of Popsicle, Fudgicle, and Creamsicle, those delicious frozen confections on a stick. Now I have a swell surprise for you. The famous winner of the typical American boy contest has now become Popsicle Pete. And here's a message from him. Hello, everybody. I sure am glad to meet you. And boy, am I glad I was picked to be the typical American boy, because now I'm Popsicle Pete. I always wanted to be on the radio... Now I have a chance to tell you about some wonderful presents you can get. Free. So you ought to see them. Hundreds of them. You get them just for saving bags from Misty Popsicle, Pudgicle, and Creamsicle. Some gifts. Even better than Christmas. You can get a wristwatch, a movie camera, table tennis, a wallet, a doll. See, lots of gifts. Just save the bags from Pop Popsicle, Creamsicle, and Pudgicle on a handy stick. Boy, do they taste good. Wholesome, too. And nourishing. Made fresh every day of the finest ingredients. The biggest five cents worth anywhere. And say, kids, get the free illustrated popsicle gift list at your ice cream store. A free coupon comes with it, worth ten bags. Dentists know what cleans teeth best. And over 4,000 dentists say Colgate Tooth Powder with a two-minute routine gets teeth sparkling and super clean. So to remove dull film and get your teeth shining clean, just brush teeth two minutes morning and night with Colgate Tooth Powder. Brush inside, outside, and biting surface. To keep your dog in top condition, get your pet complete nutrition. Feed them sturdy, make them sturdy, happy, friendly, happy, furry. Any dog can be a winner if he eats some sturdy dinner. Feed them sturdy, beefy sturdy, vet with thanks, insist on sturdy. Ask any dog who's tasted it, the doggy with the bit. You sturdy dinner, dog food is delicious. Hi, Charlie. What you watching? Ballet. Oh, how is it? Too soon to tell. So far, it's been nothing but dancing. But I'll watch it anyway. To show Starkist my good taste. But, Charlie, Starkist don't want tunas with good taste. Starkist wants tunas that taste good. Hey, that's for me. Sorry, Charlie. Only good-tasting tuna get to be Starkist. Good-tasting 100% prime filet. This is good-tasting tuna. Get Starkist tuna. Note the name. Starkist. From San Francisco comes... Right, a roly, the San Francisco treat. Right, a roly, the flavor can't be beat. One pan of boiling cooking ease, a flavor that is sure to please. Right, a roly, the San Francisco treat. Rice Aroni, the delicious break from potatoes, now in six fabulous flavors. One pan of boiling cooking ease, a flavor that is sure to please. Right, a 
rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. It's that little vermicelli that does it. Hello, popsicles. Hello, candy. Who decided to mix pasta and rice? Yeah, I don't like it, but, um... I do. I do. It's weird, but... It's just, it's just the the strangest, strangest doggone thing. It, it could just be rice. It doesn't have to have the little bits of vermicelli. It's carby carby. It is. Carby carbersome. So, got to be careful. You got to make sure it's browned, or it'll be, it'll be goop. So, I don't know. It's it, almost. It is good. I haven't made that in a while. No. You know what I need to make is risotto again sometime because that's so time consuming, but it's so delicious when it's done. Um, yeah, it was delicious. I'll sit and stir it for hours. Eh, it's it's not quite hours. It's uh, uh, it takes it takes about forty five minutes to do it right. So okay. Because it has to absorb gr- the li- all the liquids gradually. You you do it like like rice. You start it out like rice aroni, where you get the all the um, rice kernels uh, kind of browned a little, and then you gradually browned in butter. Yeah, and then you yeah exactly, and then you you gradually start adding stock to it, and it's quite delicious if it's done right. And I've only done it right once. And I've only done it once. <laughs> but I did it right. So that's something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So here we go. We are launching into uh, the latest book in Oz. The Road to Oz, I think, from 1909? Sounds about right. Before the war. Meaning World War One. Yeah. Back when we used to wear onions on our belts. Before the uh, the use of mustard gas that mm. so upset and offended and caused delusionment in the peoples of the world. Mustard gas. Yeah. Not good. Chemical warfare, always wrong. All right. So it's not, it's not as bad as atomic war blowing up an entire country it's all it's all pretty bad it's all nasty yeah i'm i'm not a big fan of war i'm a fan of peace and people doing business and having a good time water parks and having a beer after a long day of work in the summer and water parks and water parks i had a dream about water parks it was disturbing (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so, all right, well, our intro music is over. I suppose we should go ahead and get into uh, chapter one of The Road to Oz. This is read by the same fella who read the, the last one, so you won't be shocked by a new voice or anything. Yep. So you're ready to get on The Road to Oz, Suze? Let's go. I want to go there. Um, Once again, we're going to find out how they get there. How yep. should they get there? And we already have our kiddo teaser. Very excited about that. So hopefully we get our kiddo drop soon. And I'll set to coloring as I always do. Kitties, it looks like kiddos in a, a large scenery. Oh. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, of course, Foxfire, barely... Foxfire 505, yeah. thank you as always for providing our show art. <laughs> 
So here we go, Road to Oz, Chapter 1. Chapter 1 of The Road to Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere. The Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 1, The Way to Butterfield. Please, miss, said the shaggy man, can you tell me the road to Butterfield? Dorothy looked him over. Yes, he was shaggy, all right, but there was a twinkle in his eye that seemed pleasant. Oh, yes, she replied, I can tell you, but it isn't this road at all. No? You cross the ten-acre lot, follow the lane to the highway, and go north to the five branches, and take, let me see, to be sure, miss, see as far as Butterfield, if you like, said the shaggy man. You take the branch next to the willow stump, I believe, or else the branch by the gopher holes, or else won't any of them do, miss? Course not, shaggy man. You must take the right road to get to Butterfield. And is that the one by the gopher stump, or— Dear me, cried Dorothy, I shall have to show you the way. You're so stupid. Wait a minute till I run in the house and get my sunbonnet. The shaggy man waited. He had an oat straw in his mouth, which he chewed slowly as if it tasted good, but it didn't. There was an apple tree beside the house, and some apples had fallen to the ground. The shaggy man thought they would taste better than the oat straw, so he walked over to get some. A little black dog with bright brown eyes dashed out of the farmhouse and ran madly toward the shaggy man, who had already picked up three apples and put them in one of the big, wide pockets of his shaggy coat. The little dog barked and made a dive for the shaggy man's leg, but he grabbed the dog by the neck and put it in his big pocket along with the apples. He took more apples afterward, for many were on the ground, and each one that he tossed into his pocket hit the little dog somewhere upon the head or back and made him growl. The little dog's name was Toto, and he was sorry he had been put in the shaggy man's pocket. Pretty soon Dorothy came out of the house with her sunbonnet, and she called out, Come on, shaggy man, if you want me to show you the road to Butterfield. She climbed the fence into the ten-acre lot, and he followed her, walking slowly and stumbling over the little hillocks in the pasture, as if he was thinking of something else, and did not notice them. "'My, but you're clumsy,' said the little girl. "'Are your feet tired?' "'No, miss, it's my whiskers. "'They tire very easily in this warm weather,' said he. "'I wish it would snow, don't you?' "'Course not, shaggy man,' replied Dorothy, giving him a severe look. "'If it snowed in August, it would spoil the corn and the oats and the wheat, "'and then Uncle Henry wouldn't have any crops, and that would make him poor and—' "'Never mind,' said the shaggy man. "'It won't snow, I guess. Is this the lane?' "'Yes,' replied Dorothy, climbing another fence. "'I'll go as far as the highway with you.' "'Thank ye, miss. You are very kind for your size, I'm sure,' said he gratefully. "'It isn't everyone who knows the road to Butterfield,' Dorothy remarked as she tripped along the lane. "'But I've driven there many a time with Uncle Henry, and so I believe I could find it blindfolded.' "'Don't do that, miss,' said the shaggy man, earnestly. "'You might make a mistake.' "'I won't,' she answered, laughing. 
Here's the highway. Now it's the second, no, the third turn to the left, or else it's the fourth. Let's see. The first one is by the elm tree, and the second is by the gopher holes, and then... Then what? he inquired, putting his hands in his coat pockets. Toto grabbed a finger and bit it. The shaggy man took his hand out of that pocket quickly and said, Oh! Dorothy did not notice. She was shading her eyes from the sun with her arm, looking anxiously down the road. Come on, she commanded. It's only a little way farther, so I may as well show you. After a while, they came to the place where five roads branched in different directions. Dorothy pointed to one and said, That's it, Shaggy Man. I'm much obliged, miss, he said, and started along another road. Not that one, she cried. You're going wrong. He stopped. I thought you said that other was the road to Butterfield, said he, running his fingers through his shaggy whiskers in a puzzled way. So it is. But I don't want to go to Butterfield, miss. You don't? Of course not. I wanted you to show me the road so I shouldn't go there by mistake. Oh, where do you want to go then? I'm not particular, miss. This answer astonished the little girl, and it made her provoked too to think she had taken all this trouble for nothing. There are a good many roads here, observed the shaggy man, turning slowly around like a human windmill. Seems to me a person could go most anywhere from this place. Dorothy turned around, too, and gazed in surprise. There were a good many roads, more than she had ever seen before. She tried to count them, knowing there ought to be five, but when she had counted seventeen, she grew bewildered and stopped, for the roads were as many as the spokes of a wheel, and ran in every direction from the place where they stood, so if she kept on counting, she was likely to count some of the roads twice. "'Dear me!' she exclaimed. "'There used to be only five roads, highway and all. "'And now, why, where's the highway, shaggy man?' "'Can't say, miss,' he responded, sitting down upon the ground, as if tired with standing. "'Wasn't it here a minute ago?' "'I thought so,' she answered, greatly perplexed. "'And I saw the gopher holes, too, and the dead stump. "'But they're not here now. "'These roads are all strange.' And what a lot of them there are! Where do you suppose they all go to? Roads, observed the shaggy man, don't go anywhere. They stay in one place, so folks can walk on them. He put his hand in his side pocket and drew out an apple, quick before Toto could bite him again. The little dog got his head out this time and said, Bow, wow, so loudly that it made Dorothy jump. Oh, Toto, she cried, where did you come from? I brought him along, said the shaggy man. What for? she asked. To guard these apples in my pocket, miss, so no one would steal them. With one hand the shaggy man held the apple which he began eating, while with the other hand he pulled Toto out of his pocket and dropped him to the ground. Of course Toto made for Dorothy at once, barking joyfully at his release from the dark pocket. When the child had patted his head lovingly, he sat down before her, his red tongue hanging out one side of his mouth, and looked up into her face with his bright brown eyes, as if asking her what they should do next. Dorothy didn't know. She looked around her anxiously for some familiar landmark, 
but everything was strange. Between the branches of the many roads were green meadows and a few shrubs and trees, but she couldn't see anywhere the farmhouse from which she had just come, or anything she had ever seen before, except the shaggy man and Toto. Besides this, she had turned around and around so many times, trying to find out where she was, that now she couldn't even tell which direction the farmhouse ought to be in, and this began to worry her and make her feel anxious. "'I'm afraid, Shaggy Man,' she said with a sigh, "'that we're lost.' "'That's nothing to be afraid of,' he replied, throwing away the core of his apple and beginning to eat another one. "'Each of these roads must lead somewhere, or it wouldn't be here. So what does it matter?' "'I want to go home again,' she said. "'Well, why don't you?' said he. "'I don't know which road to take.' "'That is too bad,' he said, shaking his shaggy head gravely. "'I wish I could help you, but I can't. I'm a stranger in these parts.' "'Seems as if I were, too,' she said, sitting down beside him. "'It's funny. A few minutes ago I was home, and I just came to show you the way to Butterfield, so I shouldn't make a mistake and go there. And now I'm lost myself and don't know how to get home.' "'Have an apple,' suggested the shaggy man, handing her one with pretty red cheeks. "'I'm not hungry,' said Dorothy, pushing it away. "'But you may be, tomorrow. Then you'll be sorry you didn't eat the apple,' said he. "'If I am, I'll eat the apple then,' promised Dorothy. "'Perhaps there won't be any apple then,' he returned, beginning to eat the red-cheeked one himself. "'Dogs sometimes can find their way home better than people,' he went on. Perhaps your dog can lead you back to the farm. Will you, Toto? asked Dorothy. Toto wagged his tail vigorously. All right, said the girl, let's go home. Toto looked around a minute and dashed up one of the roads. Goodbye, Shaggy Man, called Dorothy, and ran after Toto. The little dog pranced briskly along for some distance when he turned around and looked at his mistress questioningly. "'Oh, don't expect me to tell you anything. I don't know the way,' she said. "'You'll have to find it yourself.' But Toto couldn't. He wagged his tail and sneezed and shook his ears and trotted back where they had left the shaggy man. From here he started along another road, then came back and tried another, but each time he found the way strange and decided it would not take them to the farmhouse.' Finally, when Dorothy had begun to tire with chasing after him, Toto sat down panting beside the shaggy man and gave up. Dorothy sat down, too, very thoughtfully. The little girl had encountered some queer adventures since she had come to live at the farm, but this was the queerest of them all, to get lost in fifteen minutes so near to her home and in the unromantic state of Kansas was an experience that fairly bewildered her. "'Will your folks worry?' asked the shaggy man, his eyes twinkling in a pleasant way. "'I suppose so,' answered Dorothy with a sigh. "'Uncle Henry says there's always something happening to me, but I've always come home safe at the last. So perhaps he'll take comfort and think I'll come home safe this time.' "'I'm sure you will,' said the shaggy man, smilingly nodding at her. "'Good little girls never come to any harm, you know.' For my part, I'm good, too, so nothing ever hurts me. Dorothy looked at him curiously. His clothes were shaggy. His boots were shaggy and full of holes. 
and his hair and whiskers were shaggy, but his smile was sweet, and his eyes were kind. "'Why didn't you want to go to Butterfield?' she asked. "'Because a man lives there who owes me fifteen cents. And if I went to Butterfield, and he saw me, he'd want to pay me the money. I don't want money, my dear.' "'Why not?' she inquired. "'Money,' declared the shaggy man, "'makes people proud and haughty. I don't want to be proud and haughty. All I want is to have people love me, and as long as I own the love magnet, everyone I meet is sure to love me dearly.' "'The love magnet? Why, what's that?' "'I'll show you, if you won't tell anyone,' he answered in a low, mysterious voice. "'There isn't anyone to tell, except Toto,' said the girl. The shaggy man searched in one pocket carefully, and in another pocket, and in a third. At last he drew out a small parcel wrapped in crumpled paper and tied with a cotton string. He unwound the string, opened the parcel, and took out a bit of metal shaped like a horseshoe. It was dull brown and not very pretty. "'This, my dear,' said he impressively, is the wonderful love magnet. It was given me by an Eskimo in the Sandwich Islands, where there are no sandwiches at all, and as long as I carry it, every living thing I meet will love me dearly. Why didn't the Eskimo keep it? she asked, looking at the magnet with interest. He got tired of being loved and longed for someone to hate him, so he gave me the magnet, and the very next day a grizzly bear ate him. "'Wasn't he sorry then?' she inquired. "'He didn't say,' replied the shaggy man, wrapping and tying the love magnet with great care and putting it away in another pocket. "'But the bear didn't seem sorry a bit,' he added. "'Did you know the bear?' asked Dorothy. "'Yes, we used to play ball together in the Caviar Islands. The bear loved me because I had the love magnet. I couldn't blame him for eating the Eskimo because it was his nature to do so.' Once, said Dorothy, I knew a hungry tiger who longed to eat fat babies, because it was his nature too, but he never ate any because he had a conscience. This bear, replied the shaggy man with a sigh, had no conscience, you see. The shaggy man sat silent for several minutes, apparently considering the cases of the bear and the tiger, while Toto watched him with an air of great interest. The little dog was doubtless thinking of his ride in the shaggy man's pocket and planning to keep out of reach in the future. At last the shaggy man turned and inquired, "'What's your name, little girl?' "'My name's Dorothy,' said she, jumping up again. "'But what are we going to do? We can't stay here forever, you know.' "'Let's take the seventh road,' he suggested. Seven is a lucky number for little girls named Dorothy.' "'The seventh from where?' from where you begin to count. So she counted seven roads, and the seventh looked just like all the others, but the shaggy man got up from the ground where he had been sitting and started down this road, as if sure it was the best way to go, and Dorothy and Toto followed him. End of chapter one. That's that, seventh road. There you yep. go. Seventh Road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you like the Shaggy Man? Eh. 
okay so far. I will have to see. Uh, he has magic that's not from Oz. I see that. Yeah, it's okay so far. I, I you know, I, it, I, I don't know this very well. I like him because he wears raggedy clothing. Ah, well, it looks like Kiddo is uh, coming. The next chapter is a lot shorter than that one. It's only seven minutes. So let's see if I can color in seven minutes. Uh, if not, well, I'll have to do some during Jerry. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, uh, uh, we're going to, oh, on Jerry the Circus, though, we're going to learn more about his lawyer, Richard Grayson, a.k.a. Robin the Boy Wonder. <laughs> um, but uh, predates Robin, actually, which is kind of funny. Yeah. So you got to think that maybe Bill Finger and, um, Bob Kane were listening to Jerry the Circus, but no, I, you know, I, I just have to get into this a little bit more. Oh, okay. So there we go. Here's the, uh, Dor Dorothy has, uh, no trouble discovering the real road to Oz and it's the one where kiddo is. Look at that. There's kiddo and his spawn. Kiddo and his kidlets. Off they go to so. Oz. Kid kiddo and his kitlins. Kidlets. 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 That's right. Yeah. Aww. So uh all right i'm gonna go ahead and download this right now and set nice. to a color in uh i'm gonna save it on my desktop so there we go um yeah Time's so color. very cool uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get to work here and uh present everyone the uh chapter two of road to oz by l frank Baum. Chapter 2 of The go. Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 Dorothy Meets Button Bright. The seventh road was a good road and curved this way and that, winding through green meadows and fields covered with daisies and buttercups, and past groups of shady trees. There were no houses of any sort to be seen and for some distance they met with no living creature at all. Dorothy began to fear they were getting a good way from the farmhouse, since here everything was strange to her, but it would do no good at all to go back where the other roads all met, because the next one they choose might lead her just as far from home. She kept on beside the shaggy man who whistled cheerful tunes to beguile the journey, until by and by they followed a turn in the road and saw before them a big chestnut tree making a shady spot over the highway. In the shade sat a little boy dressed in sailor clothes who was digging a hole in the earth with a bit of wood. He must have been digging some time because the hole was already big enough to drop a football into. Dorothy and Toto and the shaggy man came to a halt before the little boy, who kept on digging in a sober and persistent fashion. "'Who are you?' asked the girl. He looked up at her calmly. His face was round and chubby, and his eyes were big, blue, and earnest. "'I'm Button Bright,' said he. "'But what's your real name?' she inquired. "'Button Bright? That isn't a really, truly name,' she exclaimed." "'Isn't it?' he asked, still digging. "'Course not. It's just a, a thing to call you by. 
You must have a name. Must I? To be sure. What does your mamma call you? He paused in his digging and tried to think. Papa always said I was bright as a button, so mamma always called me Button Bright, he said. What is your papa's name? Just papa. What else? Don't know. Never mind, said the shaggy man, smiling. We'll call the boy Button Bright as his mamma does. That name is as good as any and better than some. Dorothy watched the boy dig. Where do you live? she asked. Don't know, was the reply. How did you come here? Don't know, he said again. Don't you know where you come from? No, said he. Why, he must be lost, she said to the shaggy man. She turned to the boy once more. What are you going to do? she inquired. Dig, said he. But you can't dig forever. And what are you going to do then? she persisted. Don't know, said the boy. But you must know something, Dorothy declared, getting provoked. Must I? he asked, looking up in surprise. Of course you must. What must I know? What's going to become of you for one thing? she answered. Do you know what's going to become of me? he asked. Not, not exactly, she admitted. Do you know what's going to become of you? he continued earnestly. I can't say I do, replied Dorothy, remembering her present difficulties. The shaggy man laughed. No one knows everything, Dorothy, he said. But Button Bright doesn't seem to know anything, she declared. Do you, Button Bright? He shook his head, which had pretty curls all over it, and replied with perfect calmness, Don't know. Never before had Dorothy met with anyone who could give her so little information. The boy was evidently lost, and his people would be sure to worry about him. He seemed two or three years younger than Dorothy, and was prettily dressed as if someone loved him dearly and took much pains to make him look well. How then did he come to be in this lonely road? she wondered. Near Button Bright on the ground lay a sailor hat with a gilt anchor on the band. His sailor trousers were long and wide at the bottom, and the broad collar of his blouse had gold anchors sewed on its corners. The boy was still digging at his hole. Have you ever been to sea? asked Dorothy. To see what? answered Button Bright. I mean, have you ever been where there's water? Yes, said Button Bright. There's a well in our backyard. You don't understand, cried Dorothy. I mean, have you ever been on a big ship floating on a big ocean? Don't know, said he. Then why do you wear sailor clothes? Don't know, he answered again. Dorothy was in despair. You're just awful stupid, Button Bright, she said. Am I? he asked. Yes, you are. Why? looking up at her with big eyes. She was going to say, don't know, but stopped herself in time. That's for you to answer, she replied. It's no use asking Button Bright questions, said the shaggy man who had been eating another apple. But someone ought to take care of the poor little chap, don't you think? So he'd better come along with us. Toto had been looking with great curiosity in the hole which the boy was digging, and growing more and more excited every minute. Perhaps thinking that Button Bright was after some wild animal, the little dog began barking loudly and jumped into the hole himself, 
where he began to dig with his tiny paws, making the earth fly in all directions. It splattered over the boy. Dorothy seized him and raised him to his feet, brushing his clothes with her hand. Stop that, Toto, she called. There aren't any mice or woodchucks in that hole, so don't be foolish. Toto stopped, sniffed at the hole suspiciously, and jumped out of it, wagging his tail, as if he had done something important. Well, said the shaggy man, let's start on, or we won't get anywhere before night comes. Where do you expect to get to? asked Dorothy. I'm like Button Bright. I don't know, answered the shaggy man with a laugh. But I've learned from long experience that every road leads somewhere, or there wouldn't be any road. So it's likely that if we travel long enough, my dear, we will come to some place or another in the end. What place it will be, we can't even guess at this moment, but we're sure to find out when we get there. Why, yes, said Dorothy. That seems reasonable, Shaggy Man. End of chapter two. Told you that one was fast. So, uh, yeah, but I yes, guess that's it was. True. Yes, road, it was. Every road goes somewhere, I suppose. Yeah, they'll get somewhere. They'll get to Oz. That's where they always get to. Because the title is The Road to Oz. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, so, uh, no, it's fun. It's, it's a little more interesting. Uh, you know, I, I like the, you know, button bright character. Wow, but wow, Dorothy's being kind of mean. Yeah, she is. Didn't expect that. It was shocking. Scandalous, one might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you haven't heard, you haven't read this in a while. You're the aficionado. Well, we're just on the road and getting there and going somewhere as usual. So, you know, you can just get there from a road now. But, uh, yeah, I like the shaggy man. Button bright. I mean, he's younger and, you know, not knowledgeable. But he's, he's a nice character, if I remember correctly. Dorothy but thinks, she, thinks he's, he's not, an idiot. Yeah. He's just young. He's a little kid. Just a little guy. Uh, so anyway, well, I'll tell you what we, uh, last we left, uh, Jerry of the circus, uh, he finally got to the bank where he found his dad's old safety deposit box, found a key, the key worked, right? And they found yeah. a lawyer, um, uh, by the name of Richard Grayson. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, probably coincidental, but also the name of Robin. So, uh, without further ado, we should get to those so we can uh, have time to play both. And I have a lot more coloring to do. So here we go. Jerry, the circus from 1937. Now for Jerry of the circus. Hello, Mr. Randall. What you doing around here? Watching Rags's act? Well, no, I hadn't thought of it. <laughs> Guess it's a pretty good idea now that you've reminded me. He's got a new trick that's a fib. I'm glad to hear it, Jerry. As a matter of fact, I'm hanging around to see Patsy's new stunt. Well, of course. I, I should have thought of that. Hi, Mr. Randall. It looks like we're in for a big blow. I hope not, Bill. I noticed the wind coming up after lunch. There they go in their walk around now. Mm -hmm. Gee, I bet Rags is glad to be working again. You think he missed it? Oh, I'm sure he did. Used to whine and cry like a baby if I didn't bring him around the backyard during the show. The <laughs> dogs are certainly funny. <laughs> there he goes now. He's sure great. 
Hey, did you see that somersault, Mr. Randall? Yeah, I can't say they did, son. Ah, oh, gee, you shouldn't have missed it. I'm looking at those swings and ropes and trappings hanging from the top of the tent. Where? Oh, good night. Look at them swing. I'm afraid that wind's getting pretty heavy. Hey, what about Patsy's new trick? I know. That's what I'm doing around here during the show. Hang well, on a second. I think I uploaded the same episode twice. Uh, my apologies. Uh, let me get back to my folder here. Uh, because oopsie-daisy. the episode that, yeah, oopsie-daisy. Um, Coming around. Yeah, I don't always get things right. Um, so yeah. And that's okay. Some of us don't always get things right. That's fine. This is the right one. Now for Jerry of the Circus. Hello, Mr. Randall. What you doing around? Hang on. Now for Jerry of the Circus. No, I think it's the right one. I don't know. Uh, it, it just, I thought it was going to be for the next one. Here you go. Now for Jerry of the Circus. Hello, Mr. Randall. What you doing around here, watching Rags' act? Well, now, I hadn't thought of it. <laughs> it's a pretty good idea now that you've reminded me. He's got a new trick that's a fib. I'm glad to hear it, Jerry. As a matter of fact, I'm hanging around to see Patsy's new stunt. Well, of course. I, I should have thought of that. Hi, Mr. Randall. It looks like we're in for a big blow. I hope not, Bill. I noticed the wind coming up after lunch. There they go in their walk around now. Mm -hmm. Gee, I bet Rags is glad to be working again. You think he missed it? Oh, I'm sure he did. Used to whine and cry like a baby if I didn't bring him around the backyard during the show. The <laughs> dogs are certainly funny. <laughs> there he goes now. Gee, you're great. Hey, did you see that somersault, Mr. Randall? Yeah, can't say they did, son. Ah, oh, gee, you shouldn't have missed it. I'm looking at those swings and ropes and trappings hanging from the top of the tent. Where? Oh, good night. Look at them swing. I'm afraid that wind's getting pretty heavy. Hey, what about Patsy's new trick? I know. That's what I'm doing around here during the show. Well, uh, now let's see who, how Rags is doing. Oh, gee, he's most through. Here they come now. <laughs> My golly, that, that dog jumps like that. Patsy says he jumps like a, a kangaroo. <laughs> he does with that. Pretty cute dog. He's getting to be quite an attraction. It was sure nice of you to let him work with Funk. Oh, no, it wasn't. I, I don't put things into my show to be nice to people much as I'd like to. After all, my first problem is to please the audience. Of course. So they have to come first. If I find something good, I put it in because I think the audience will like it. And if the audience doesn't seem to like it... I take it right out again. Then I guess Rags is pretty good to still be allowed to work. No, no, no. Oh, Rags, your, your act is over. I'm ashamed of you. What do Mr. Randall think? <laughs> he certainly knows how to beg forgiveness. <laughs> it's almost... Well, sometimes I, I just think I can't say no to him. Yeah, I can see how hard it must be. Uh, where'd Bumps go? Yes, he went right to the wagon to change. Mm -hmm. He often does when I'm here to pick up rags. Oh, gee, here comes Patsy now. Hi, Patsy. Hello. Oh, oh, how are you, Mr. Randall? Fine, thank you. Patsy, uh, about that new act of yours. Yes, Mr. Randall? It's a pretty bad wind. Oh, I've worked in winds before. I know, but uh, don't you think it's a bad time to try out a new act? Well, you've announced it in the programs, haven't you? Oh, yes, but that doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it does. When you promise the public something, you've got to give it to them. Not if I risk hurting any of my performers. Oh, now, don't you worry, Mr. Randall. I have the net, so there's no real danger. I've only been in the business long enough to take any falls if necessary. Yes, but I don't want you to. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Randall Brothers Circus takes great pleasure in bringing to you that renowned little artist, Patsy of the Air. This gorgeous little lady, for the first time, will bring to her public a new and hazardous trick. 
And I'm afraid this will be the last season I'll be able to let him stay. Oh, Mr. Randall, but, but Mr. Bradley... Yeah, what? I know, my boy. But remember what I told you about the public. They are the first to be considered. Oh, but they love him. See, listen to them. Ah, you're right, Patsy. He's a grand old trooper. And I'm proud to have him with us. Jerry! Jerry! Yeah? What is it? Uh, Whitey's calling for you. He needs some help. The wind's doing some damage, and, and the horses are nervous. Hey, Wiz, I'll, I'll be right there. Say, goodbye, Mr. Randall. I got some work to do. All right, goodbye, Jerry. He's a great little kid, that. Jerry? Oh, he surely is. And thrilled to death when there's something he can do. <laughs> Patsy. Yes, Mr. Randall? I want to thank you for your nice performance this afternoon. Oh, but, but uh, I... You didn't let me down, and you didn't let the audience down. Oh, but Mr. Randall... Yeah, I know. You think you didn't give a finished performance. That wasn't your fault. I know that, but still... As a matter I... of fact, it, uh, you know this business well enough to know the advantage of falling now and then. Oh, you mean it makes the audience think the trick is harder? Mm. And when you finally do it, they think they've seen something more difficult than it really is. That's it. Now, I've never gone in for fooling the public that way. Lots of show folks do it as a matter of routine. Yes, I know. But when it happens, because of things we can't help... You mean that it made it even more exciting for the folks? Exactly. I was too upset to think about that, I guess. Yeah, so you see... Now, you just stop worrying. Get to your dressing wagon and rest. Thanks, Mr. Randall. You know, I think you're one of the nicest people in the world. Well, Patsy... And I'm proud to be working for you. Goodbye. Well, I'll be... Mr. Randall. Huh? Mr. Randall. Oh, why, Johnny, what's the matter? A catastrophe has just occurred. I... Well, I... now, take it easy, old man. It can't be as bad as all that. Oh, but it is. The worst. What I have always feared has befallen me. Oh, now, now, Johnny, please, what's this all about? You remember my telling you all about my son? Why, yes, yes, of course. Well, funny, it crossed my mind a little while ago. Well, he's here today. What do you mean? He lives here in Jackson City, and oh, he's... You, you, you mean he's out in the audience? Yes, yes, out there. It's the first time he's ever... It's ever happened. Oh, but why would he be here in this the oh, afternoon? Oh, that's right. Yes, you say he's a lawyer. Perhaps he had a day off. But he takes his work so seriously. Oh, but that's all quite beside the point. What am I to do? What do you mean? Well, I can't... No, I, I just can't go on again, Mr. Randall. Why, nonsense, John. He'll never recognize you. Not in that crazy costume and that face painted no, on you. No, no, of course not. But uh, the Shakespearean act, that I cannot do. I don't see how he could possibly recognize oh, you. Oh, but he will. Oh, you don't understand, Mr. Randall. Dick was brought up in the theater. His whole boyhood was backstage. He knows my old Shakespearean roles almost as well as I do. Oh, I think hearing you in those lines would... I assure you, Mr. Randall, he couldn't fail to recognize me. He knows how I read every line I've ever played. He was brought up hearing me rehearse from the moment he woke up till he fell asleep in my dressing room at night. Uh, just... I don't know what to say. Could you... Would you let the boy go on? Oh, please... He knows enough of the lines, and after all, it's a matinee. I yeah, know, and mostly children. They wouldn't appreciate the act as much as the adult audience anyhow. May heaven shower you with blessings, Mr. Randall. Yeah. Now, Jack, now run over to the horse tent and tell Jerry to come here as quick as possible. Yes, Mr. Randall. Oh, thank you, Mr. Randall. I, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Well, sir. that's all right, Johnny. Now, uh, you don't think there's any danger of this happening again? Oh, no, no, I'm sure there isn't. You see, now that he's caught the show, he won't come again. And, of course, once we leave Jackson City behind us... Uh, there's no danger of his recognizing your name in the program? No. No, Mr. Randall. You see, I, I didn't give you my true name. Uh -huh. It's... It's John B. Grayson. Not the great Grayson. 
Bradley was my mother's name, sir. Well, I can hardly believe my ears. The great Grayson, a clown in my circus. But you'll never breathe a word of this. On my word of honor. He's gone, Mr. Randall. Jerry left the horse tent a few minutes ago. Well, find him. Get all the men to search the grounds at once. Jerry must be found. He's got to go on in Johnny Bradley's place in 15 minutes. you say you like to talk on. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a, a great performance by, what is it, Patsy, the line walker? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, a lot of drama. She fell twice, but wonderful. Yeah. And there's a storm coming. There's a gale. Oh, yeah. Well, there's also Dick Grayson as a clown. Apparently, he's given up on life. That's John Grayson. decided to hide. Oh, John. Yeah, John is the father. That's right. So, yeah. So, that's... uh, So, of course, small world here on Jerry Jerry and the Circus, because his son is is Jerry's lawyer. What are the chances you just come into a town, and that town is happens to have the safety deposit box you've been looking all over the country for and it also has the uh, son of your co-worker working there sure sure what good luck uh, <laughs> but yeah it's not lazy writing or anything <laughs> um, you know but it's, it's a traveling circus these things are bound to happen yeah so, uh, but anyway, this is a rather involved coloring job, so I'm going to go ahead and get straight to it. Um, I'm sure it's looking great. Uh, it is. I just got to go in around, uh, there's lots of, uh, lots of blades of grass and flowers and things oh. that I'm, I We have, have another to, 10 uh, minutes. We could do an, a quick to. story or we could just uh, sit here and talk while you color. We'll just do Jerry. No, I can't talk while I color. That's, that's. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. We're just going to have to play Jerry the Circus. Jerry the Circus is 13 minutes, so... Anyway, here you go. Now for Jerry of the Circus. Bombs! Bombs! Oh, here I am, back at the door. Oh, guess I was too excited. Golly, what a night. It's blowing something fearful. (laughs) I know. So how's the house, Jerry? You mean audience? Well, of course. Oh, just a handful of people. Seems terrible to do that whole show just for those few towners. I know, but as long as anybody comes at all, the show has to go on. I just come from the cages with Jason. Oh, yes? Collie, his cats are acting up fierce. I'd sure hate to have to work them tonight. Yeah, Jason will manage. He was over there talking to him and trying to get him quieted down. Oh, don't you worry about Jason. He knows what to do all right. <laughs> Good evening, friends. Well, hello there, Carlo. A frightful evening, you mean. Oh, of course, Alfredo. I should say, a bad evening, friends. My dear brother, have you objections to shutting these bad evening out? I forget. Excuse me, I closed the door. And, my dear brother, I think maybe you better take those pills I buy for you this afternoon, with so much trouble. Bah! What do you mean, bah? 
I buy nice little pills to fix your silly stomach, and you say, Pa. Are you sick, Alfredo? Of course not. You see, he does not want to worry such good friends. Pa. So, you still say, Pa? Jerry, you bring some water. We take care of this big brother of mine. Sure. Oh, but these are Hill's pills, Carlos. Yes, yes, why not? Uh, I thought those pills were for seasickness. Uh, here's your water. Of course, seasickness. Fooey. Ah, you see, it is bad now. He's to the fooey stage. We must treat him carefully. <laughs> Carlos, you are a clown. What's it all about? Ah, bumps. It is very sad. You hear how the wind roars? Yes. And you see how our wire wave back and forth this afternoon? Oh, I see. You think Alfredo will get seasick on the wire tonight? I think. Huh, I know. This afternoon, when the wire weaves so bad back and forth, I look at my brother. And his face, it is green. Green? Yes, and then yellow. And then I know for sure that it is the seasickness that visit my brother. And so I take a long walk in all this wind to buy him beautiful little pills. And now, now see how he treats me? Bah, such foolishness. I go now and wait for you in the pod room with sensible folks. But Alfredo, how you You're know with muted. your brains who is sensible folks and who is... Bah! <laughs> <laughs> you Benzinis are crazy. I, I never know whether to take what you say seriously or not. Ah, that is because you are young. Uh, the poor little neglected pills. Did I take them? Hey, what are you taking those pills for? Well, I buy them for to use. Now somebody must use them. But if you don't need them... Why, they might hurt you. Oh, they can't hurt him. <laughs> but I must say you carry your jokes pretty far. Well, folks, I'm heading for the pad room. Uh, how about you? Another country heard from. So you want to be sure to get in on the excitement tonight, huh, Ray? Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. He started working again, so naturally he's excited. Ready, Carlos? I come soon. All right. We'll see you over there, then. Hey, Rags, not so fast. <laughs> Did you see him shoot through that door? This is a night. Yeah, it's one of the worst winds I've ever been in. Hey, listen to that canvas. It's a hard night on the animals. What's the matter, Rags? Thought you'd better get close to me, huh? Sure you had. The idea of racing off the way you did. Uh, even Rags is nervous, and he's almost human. I'll say he is. Hey, there's Jason. He's around early. Yeah, oh, oh, Jason! Jason! Hello there. Oh, Bumps, it's you. And Jerry. Well, everything in order? Well, things are under control, at least for the moment. Oh, Jerry. Yeah? I think as soon as the show starts, you'd better get over to the horse tent and... Golly! Look what happened this afternoon when I went over there. Well, what do you mean? Well, I missed that chance to go on for Mr. Bradley. Golly, and... Well, gee, I've been waiting for... Oh, I don't know how long for a chance to go on for Mr. Bradley. And then the one time Mr. Randall needed me, they couldn't find oh, me. Oh, it was a shame. Well, they cut the whole turn out. Bradley sick again? Oh, no, he, he's all right. Yeah, but you said that... You know, it's a funny thing. I can't figure it out. Johnny did his turn, you know, the one with the duck, and then suddenly Randall decided he shouldn't go on for the Shakespearean act, and they tried to get Jerry. Well, that doesn't make sense. After all, Johnny's marvelous in that Shakespearean act. I know most of the lines. Oh, I know, son, and you're very good, too, but that's... Oh, well, it's just Johnny's special. What'd they do this afternoon when they couldn't find Jerry? Well, that's the funniest part of the whole business, Jason. They simply let the act ride. You mean they didn't do it? Yeah, that's it. And Randall's such a stickler for giving the public everything he's promised them. Yeah, he even let Patsy go on when the ropes and trapezes and things are so bad. I can't make it out. Must be something behind all this. Mm, I'll say so. Hey... Here we stand talking in all this wind, and the show's ready to go. Yeah, come on here, Rags. We better take our places. Well, I, I suppose I'd better go over and, and see White. Yeah, I really think you should, Jerry. And then if you find he can get along all right, come on back and hang around the pad room or the backyard. Yeah, I'd sure like to see your act tonight. Yeah, why? 
Well, I don't know. All this wind and... I'm kind of worried. <laughs> now, listen, Jerry. Don't you worry about me. I've handled my cats in bad weather before. So there's no danger. You sure? Of course I am. Gee, I'm sure glad. I, I was kind of worried. Well, now I got work to do. See you later, Jerry. Okay, so long. So long. Jerry, oh, well, late for what? Is that uh, Jason? Oh, no, no. He's just going to do the jumping act now. You see, they're letting the rest of the lions into the arena now. Good. I, I wanted to watch them. Gee, the cats seem kind of nervy, don't they? Well, they'll be all right. Jason knows how to handle them. It's lucky I went back to see Whitey. He sure was having his hands full with them horses. Splendor was cutting up for a fairly well. You don't say. Yep. And she only quieted down when I went in and patted her neck and talked kind of soft and like to her. Hmm. There they go. Look, Bumps. What? Where? A daisy. She jumped before she was supposed to. She took the stand Nemo's supposed to have. Oh, Jason will put her in her place. Yeah, but she don't like it much. Look at that cat fight back. She isn't going back. Look at her. She lunged right at Jason. That's all right. He had his chair in front of him. But, hey, she's got him in a corner. He... Yeah, yeah, let's get her. Ooh, yeah, must have been close enough to scorch Daisy's fur. Yeah, he's got her under control now. You see how he backs her up? Yeah. She's going right up to her own stand again. Golly, Bumps, Jason is sure great. He's ready to start again. Yeah, that's right. Daisy went on to her own tub. Yeah, but she's plenty mad. Funny, because she's usually gentle, too. Boy, I'm glad he's finished that. See, he's letting them all leave the cage except Nemo. Yeah, smart boy. No good trying to act with those animals when they're as nervous as that. You only missed the part where Daisy makes that big leap over the other lions. Well, that's that. Now there's just Jason's fight with Nemo, and they'll be all through. Why do people like to see men fight with wild animals? Oh, it's an instinct. I guess it's a sort of a fascination. Golly, look at them roll over in the dust. Boy, it sure is exciting. <laughs> yeah, Jason and Nemo have been doing that fight for years. Well, he trained Nemo from a cub. Golly, well, it's not half as dangerous as some of the other tricks, but it's sure thrilling. Well, it sounds like the timers like it, too. Even the few of them that are here tonight. Bumps, come with me. Just one minute. Oh, what is it, Alfredo? I thought you'd finished your act and were through. Yes, we finished, but Carlos, he is sick. No, you're fooled. Cross my chest. It's true, he is sick. Oh, gee. The wire, it is bad tonight. When we finally finish, Carlos is all funny and pale. And then he try not to let on he is sick, cause he kid me so much. But when we in wagon, he had to lie down. So I come for you. I best because he took those pills. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll be right over, Alfredo. Thank you, Bums. You good friend. <laughs> this should teach Carlos not to kid so much. Yeah, this must be what they meant when they say th that about taking your own medicine, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of looks like it. But it's a shame to laugh at him if he really is sick. <laughs> Poor Carlos. Well, come on, Jerry. We better get over to the wagon. Hey, quick! Huh? The menagerie tent. The zebras are stampeding. Part of the tent is loose. Hey, what is that? That's down. serious. Golly, it's getting cold. Oh, Alfredo! Alfredo! I'll be over there soon. There's trouble in the animal tent. And after I help him, I'll come to the wagon. Thank you, Bumps. We'll be there. Well, come on, Jerry. Kelly will probably need all the hands he can possibly get. See, it is cold. Look, the side of that tent. It's blown right up. Oh, what a gale. No wonder the zebras are causing trouble. Oh, poor Kelly. Oh, come on, Jerry. 
There's some men working on those stakes. They need more, though. Yeah, and there's Kelly. Hi, Kelly. What can we do? You're good with animals, Jerry. Get inside and give the boys a hand with those zebras. Yes, sir. But be sure you don't get kicked. They're pesky little critters. Well, what about me, Kelly? Uh, help me here on these ropes. You're heavy enough to hold them down. I was afraid Jerry would fly right up with the tent. <laughs> Wise cracking even in trouble, huh? Might as well. Hey, Kelly, why not get the elephants? I thought you were inside helping yeah, with... Yeah, I know, but... Well, why not get the elephants to help pull those ropes down? Golly, there aren't enough men. Here, looks like the boy is right, Kelly. I'll say he is. Jeff, get hold of Olsen and get a couple of those bulls out here, quick. Okay. Golly, look at those ropes there. Just like they were made of string. This tent is in the way of the gale. That's why it's taken most of the punishment. Hitch that bull up to the far end, Jerry. I will. And swim. Bring those other bulls down here. It's going to work. I know it's going to work. Well, it is better. We'll have the towners pouring out here in a short time. Hey, Jeff, easy. Let that bull pull in the slack canvas. All right. Yeah, that's better. Oh, so what a blow. Huh? Quick, all hands inside. A couple of zebras got loose. Hey, Jeff, quick, on the seat. Come on, Jerry. We better see what we can do. Catch that critter quick, boys. Gosh, I ain't got a hankering to get kicked to death. Those zebras are certainly vicious little beasts. Hey, look out, don't get hurt. Look out, Oh, I got that varmint. But Jeff is hurt. Some water, quick, Jeff. Okay, I'll get Oh, the going. poor devil. Jeff got right in the way of that crazy animal. Gone wild. Yeah. Not not girls gone wild. Just animals gone wild. Well, you know when Mother Nature starts throwing gale force winds at the circus, expect some nutty animals. Yeah, yeah. The elephants are helping. They call them bulls. Well, that's Bull what elephant. you call a male elephant. Male elephant. That's cute. Bulls and cows, just like yeah. cows. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Wow. Sorry. Speaking of animals gone wild, it seems like we have some animals of our own gone wild. Eliza Rose is more than a little bit frightened right now. (laughs) She's She's cowering. Where'd she go? She's in the room, living room with me now, but she's going back to see him. Because he attacked the door. Anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. I am still coloring. It's probably going to be done in about 10 or 20 minutes. So there's a lot of of details uh, here that maybe go in with the uh, fine-tooth comb, as it were. Uh, Like some intricate coloring, which is awesome. Yeah. So, all right, Jerry Music, you can end... <laughs> Everything is all striped living. I hope you get some rest tonight and yeah, feel take better. Carry yourself, buddy. That sounds painful. I've had similar things like that happen to me, so I, I don't wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, I also have sensitive skin. But uh, anyway, yes, you do. the photo, the the picture, the show art. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm coloring as I speak, and I should probably be playing the outro music. Um, 
I am a little out of the loop uh, for what's going on exactly tomorrow. Hang on one second, because I missed the meeting last night. Um, let me get to... Because uh, I had to go down to take care of stuff uh, for... Uh, Dad's estate, uh, jerk hole lawyers and things like that, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so for tomorrow, uh, let me see. I don't know what I'm talking about yet, uh, but tomorrow it's Made Monsters um, uh, from uh, Michelle wants to do Made Monsters, so, like, you know, Frankenstein, stuff like that. Oh, Invisible okay. Man, uh, whatnot. And she's got lots of trailers lined up. Miles probably has a World War II story. Uh, Joe, I don't know what he's gonna do. Uh, he, they, I didn't see anything uh, that he was interested in in covering. So um, I don't know, and I don't know what I'm doing yet. So, bet uh, it'll be lovely. We'll think of I've something. I've been busy for you all day. I've been busy all day, so I haven't been able to do anything. And I was busy all day yeah. yesterday, so I wasn't able to do anything. So it kind of sucks. Okay. So anyway, um, what, Susan, I'll pass it off to you. I'm going to mute and finish coloring. All right. Sounds great. We're over time over, 9.05. Hope you have a good evening. Hope you uh, stay out of trouble, stay safe, wear your mask. Put some M&Ms in there and just snack on them all day in your mask um you know live life but uh yep hope you enjoyed the story and you're able to sleep restfully and feel better me too all right yeah adam said yeah tenny yeah tenny's tenny has a little he gets a little crazy sometimes I think hearing my voice on the other side of the door is hard for him because he wants to be here with me. But uh, I need to spend some time with some other cats, too. All right. Well, I'm going to spend some time with these cats, and I hope that uh, you two have a pleasant and lovely evening. Good night, all.